joining us. We are your hosts, Max Schlope and David Tooney. We welcome you to this week's episode of the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell stories and learn from listening. Welcome back to the Shared Chair Podcast, uh, another episode from Fruitport High School. I'm Mr. Kobolak hosting today, and today we have another science teacher as a guest, Mr. Jablonski. Am I saying that right? Uh, Jablonski. I'm sorry, I, I do know how to say it, Mr. Jablonski. Yeah, just <laughs> just turn that U upside down, make it into an N, <laughs> yes. you're good. And, uh, and I'm excited to talk to you because you are a first-year teacher, and uh, I think that's something that's unique, and uh, we'd like to hear about it. So... Um, yeah, maybe you could start off by telling us a little bit about like your family and stuff like that. Most people like to. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, little background by um, my family. I have two older children, one who just turned 25 and is up adulting in Marquette, Michigan. And uh, my other um, child is graduating from Central Michigan University in May and uh, looking at grad school right now. And then I have a stepson who is a freshman at Mona Shores. Okay, and so you have uh, what do they what do they do with their studies? Like the you said, one of them's working in the UP, or yes, yes. yep, um, <laughs> yeah, working uh, supporting this significant other as the other finishes college. Okay, yep. Um, so whatever jobs are presenting themselves up there for that, and uh, then uh, as far as the um, the recent graduate, she is studying counseling. Counseling. Okay, yep. great. Yep. Family studies with a minor in substance abuse. Well, well, maybe some people have connected the dots, like what, a first year teacher has kids in college? Like, you know, and that old, like, <laughs> like that's, uh, you know, they might think a first year teacher is young, but this is like uh, getting into teaching uh, later in your career age life. Absolutely. And so maybe you could tell us, uh, what did you do before you started working at Fruitport High School and how did you get into education? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had a couple of different careers over the years, but um, kind of the background of all that has been just gradually pressing forward with my education. And um, I finished my bachelor's degree as a non-traditional student raising my family. And uh, those of you looking to go on to college, get it done before you have kids. Trust me on this. It's uh, it's a whole lot harder. And uh, if you think running on short sleep while you're in high school is interesting, yeah, that was some long days there uh, taking care of the kids, getting them to bed, and then starting my work, and then working full-time on top of it. So a uh, lot, of, lot of hard work put into to getting that degree checked off. So, so how old were your kids when you were getting your degree? Let's see. That like, would have been... Like young family? Like a young family? Uh, yes. Yeah, relatively. We're talking middle school when okay. I finished. Middle yeah. school. All right. Yeah. So you're helping them with their homework, but you're also have your own homework. And, Absolutely. And making sure they're uh, all showered up and everything like that. And, and being and, dad all day long, helping with their homework and, and putting their needs first and then taking care of my needs and hopefully getting enough sleep to stay functional the next day. So were you uh, were you working at the same time too? Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. what'd you do for... Bill's still got to be paid. Yeah, what'd you do for work? <laughs> I was working in the sporting goods industry at the time, so I was a uh, manager for a sporting goods um, store, and uh, yeah, just running day-to-day operations with that stuff, and um, kind of worked my way up there and had some success there, enough to keep the lights on while I was taking care of school and taking care of the kids. 
And so, uh, so why aren't you still doing that? You made a ch- career change, and right, and you're in the sciences, and you're in education. So, yeah, kind of curious if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, because that was a means to an end. Um, even going into it, it was something that fit with the flexibility that I could um, go to a major university. Uh, major universities don't tend to be real friendly to non-traditional students. The, the course offerings and such, it's not like you can just go in the evenings and get everything you need. So you got to have a lot of flexibility somewhere else in your life if you want to pull that off. So I needed a job with that kind of flexibility, and that's where that fit in. So it was a choice made fairly early on um, that I wanted to press on, but it's a much longer process. You can only take so much at a time when you're doing it in that kind of a format. Okay. And so, and then uh, I believe you had another kind of work experience before you got here at the high school. I did. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that, if you don't mind. Yeah. I worked with uh, Annis Water Resources Institute for a bit. Um, that was a. People might not know what that is. Maybe you can explain it and tell us what you did there. Yeah, absolutely. It's a partner organization um, associated with Grand Valley State University. Uh, Annis Water Resources Institute works in. Um, a number of things, outreach for all kinds of environmental programs related to the watershed in the area. Uh, many of the Fruitport students may have experienced it in sixth grade as the sixth graders traditionally go out on Annis's research vessels on the Jackson and Muskegon or the uh, Annis in Spring Lake and go out and do um, a little water quality study out there and see what that looks like when our researchers are out there doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And what was your role at the Water Institute? Yeah, officially I was a science instructor. So I was um, teaching the science curriculum on the vessels and then doing some other uh, outreach programs like presentations at science fairs and things like that wherever Annis had a presence. Oh, so you were the educator on the field trips when they're out on the Lake Michigan. Yes. And you're helping them with the lab part and you're picking through the... For the blood worms and the you uh, got and it, yeah. Yep. So reminding everybody not to jump over the side, and yeah, yeah. And you yeah. do like they still do two trips a day, a morning trip and an afternoon trip. Yes, yeah, yeah. So. When possible, um, yeah. Okay, all right, and well, now it's you know the summer of 2022, and you end up interviewing and getting a job here at Fruitport High School, and you're teaching uh, biology to our freshmen, and. Uh, do you like it? How's it going? I imagine that there's been some challenges this year. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, this is, it's been a long road working in this direction, and there's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get this far. And this was a conscious choice. It's not like a, a career change to fall into. There was a lot of effort put in to get this far, and I'm glad to be where I'm at. Um, the fruit cur- Fruitport community has been, I think, a good fit for me as I've gotten to know uh, the community's style coming from a kind of similar community where I grew up. So I, I, I kind of feel the vibe a little bit and understand where people are coming from a little bit around here, I think. Um, and I love the kids. Uh, just wonderful, wonderful people here with some wonderful hearts and big dreams and just love being part of where they're trying to get to and hopefully have a little bit of a positive impact on the way. Well, I'm really glad to hear you say that because, man, I think there's some people that, you know, start a career and then like, oh, no, like this isn't what I thought it was. And they're not, you know, they're not comfortable or happy. And and I'm glad that you, you know, 
feel that you're in the right spot and doing the right thing and your journey led you to a place where you know you have some satisfaction with what you're doing yeah that's kind of what i'm hearing yeah and and i walk by your room and i see you interacting with the kids and teaching and and i uh, smile because i know you're uh, i i can see you're doing good stuff and so uh we're really glad to have you part of our staff so thank you uh and if i could just you know my two senses. I'm really glad to hear you say that you you love the kids, right? Because if you're a teacher and you love mathematics or you love science, <laughs> like you know, high school teaching is a lot about kids, you know, and a little bit about maybe the content that you're an expert in. And so, absolutely, yeah. What have been some of the? I mean, I imagine just because you like it doesn't mean it's been easy. Like, oh no! What's been the, what's been some of the challenges? Yeah, uh, for yeah. First year teacher. As you also being a professional educator, certainly know that a lot of the best things in life and most satisfying things in life are the hardest things in life. And teaching's no joke. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears invested in the job now that I've got here, too. So some long hours putting in the planning and the grading and um, always the the learning curve as you're figuring out what works in this school versus what worked where you experienced before and just making all those adjustments. And, yeah, yeah, there's... It's not all roses. <laughs> are Bust you, into the 1980s power ballad, every rose has its thorns. <laughs> are, are you like me on Friday where you're just exhausted from the whole week? And Oh, you, you ain't know, kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is tiring. So Yeah, and then deciding what time on the weekend I'm going to use to get some more grading in. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, uh, do you feel like you were prepare like your education and your student teaching and your experience like is there anything that man I wish uh, you know I wish I had a little bit more of this before I got my own classroom is, is there something that teacher college <laughs> could gotcha. do a little better or something like that gotcha. you, you ever analyze that yeah uh, good question um, my teaching education was really a privileged program and I feel like they really did an exceptional job preparing me um, it was a, a selective admission fellowship program. Uh, so, but what organization or university or school was that through? It was with a Woodrow Wilson Foundation um, in partnership with the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, and they sponsored the the fellowships for three years um, at let's see, Grand Valley State University, MSU, and U of M. I believe one Detroit school that I forget were running it as well. Oh, I wonder, if, is that something that's still around that people are taking nope. advantage of? So, nope, that was just a three-year window that they and wanted to do that to make their impact in Michigan and move on. And you benefited from it. I did. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. great. What, uh, well, what, uh, yeah, well, what, what's been, uh, like, what's been the best parts of teaching? Or, like, at the end of a day, like, if you say today was a good day because, like, what, like, what makes a good day for you in the classroom? I'll tell you, one of, my, uh, one of my best experiences in this last semester, I had a student who was out of class um, routinely for reasons beyond the student's control. Um, the student would have absolutely been in class if that would have been an option, and it just wasn't. And 
Um, I had an opportunity to work with a student one-on-one and just tutor them up on the material and get them into a place where they were able to sit for their next test and get a really wonderful score in it. And the student managed to salvage their semester in spite of all the adversity that they were experiencing. And just having that chance to be there for that student, meet them where they were at, get them what they needed to be successful was wonderful and to see the joy in that student's eyes when they saw their test result and realized that they'd gotten what they needed to succeed and get through that was very satisfying oh well well, bravo to the student and and bravo to the teacher too so work well uh so you know we joked about uh, being so tired and stuff after long days of work but I think that I've heard you have energy to do a bunch of like exercise and and like like running is a big part of your healthy lifestyle stuff. So it and we is, have some yeah. mutual friends through that. Not that I do the the running, <laughs> but I have friends that do that. So what, tell me a little bit about uh, what you like to do for fun and if if running's one of the main things and start there. Yeah, perfect. Okay, um, I've been running since I was oh geez, I ran middle school track way back in the day and I've been running ever since uh, when I before that I was running to the bus stop because I was probably running late and it was a third of a mile away so yeah, running's been a thing forever um, these days uh, my running focus is uh, oriented towards some recovery and just rebuilding back to a competitive level I'm used to being at uh, a level where I can go out to some pretty significant events Uh, I have the privilege of running the Boston Marathon with my wife, uh, who is also a runner, and Chicago Marathon with my wife, who's a runner. Um, And individually, I've run a number of ultra marathons, quote unquote, and those are any event that's greater than 26 miles in distance like the regular marathon is. So uh, longest distance being a 100-miler. You ran a 100-mile race. I ran a 100-mile wow. race. Wow. And uh, truth be told, I ran 300-mile races because it took me three times to get it right. So, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> what does that mean? Like you missed cutoff time the first or time, uh The first time I got injured on the course. Oh, no. And, yeah, I've I'd never DNF'd in my life. I've got this kind of... Uh, guideline that I will never drop out of a race no matter what unless I literally cannot continue have to be carried off the course and I literally had to be carried off the course so that was my first one um, which was hard because I was in a great position really gonna place well in the race and very happy with where I was at but things happen over that kind of distance and something gave. Wait, so you're running a hundred miles, not just to survive and accomplish it, but like also like finish and like, like try to get a podium position or something like, yeah, like that there's is, that. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> oh, good for you. I'm, I like the competitive juices. So, so you, how many marathons have you ran? I can't answer that because you get to a point especially in the ultra marathon training where you're literally just banging out a marathon as a training run in any given week so i'm flabbergasted by that (laughs) so uh wow and so you still run today i do and and so like how many miles do you run a week now Right now, I'm about 30 to 40 miles a week, which is on the small side for me because, as you pointed out, the uh, the energy drain definitely takes a toll. The mileage during the week has to be dialed back a little bit so I can take care of my day job duties and still have enough juice left to function as a grown-up. 
Yeah, 30 to 4 miles. What? I don't know how to compare to that. Like, Do you have an idea, like a high school cross-country team and season training? Mm-hmm. How, much, how many miles do they run a week? Like, Or did you run cross-country? Typically like, you a fair that? bit less. Well, sadly, no, I couldn't because my school didn't have a cross-country team. This oh, was no. back in some pretty major budget constraint days in public education. You couldn't and afford to just let kids run? Like, that is so funny. My it's it's got to be a pretty cheap sport for my, school to offer. Yeah, my school actually cut busing for a year. So, yeah. well, for a semester. And then everybody realized that, hey, maybe they actually wanted to pay for busing for yeah. the next semester. But, yeah. Well, that is great. I wonder, uh, so what, uh, well, let's bring a life lesson to this. Like, what's great about running or what have you learned from running and why do you keep doing it? Like, I think one of the biggest takeaways, especially from ultramarathon running, is keeping your eyes on the big prize. This is definitely a delayed gratification kind of thing. It's not about how fast you can burn out one workout and it's not about, um, how great of a week you can have it's a pattern that you have to build up for years so you have to build that mileage base and build that strength and have these long successful training cycles and stay injury free and there's just so many equivalents to that in life too and education and where you've got to you got to tackle those projects every day you got to knock out that little bit of homework every day you got to handle all those little things so you can stay on track for the big prizes what uh so big prize years of training 100 miles what was it like when you finished how'd you feel like do you oh rem- i, I was imagine an you emotional remember. mess <laughs> describe it more tell me more oh okay uh yeah so this is after basically a day and a half of continuous running um near continuous stopping long enough to take care of physiological needs and uh yeah Whenever you get super tired, I don't know about you, but I tend to get emotional when I get super tired and just dial that up to a thousand and that's where it was. So yeah, just you find this extra shot as you realize you're there, you're, you're going to make it, you're, you're going to close that deal after all that investment and you're going to get your finish and it's just overwhelming. Uh, and whatever race you're thinking of right now, like... Are there family usually there to celebrate with you at the end and stuff? You had supporters yes. and things? My so. wife was there. She she crewed for me at that race. We call it crew when you um, basically run around and keep your runner alive for 100 miles. But, um, yeah, so she was there to support me, and my stepson was there as well. Um, my daughters were out at the one the year before, which um, sadly was one that I got injured on, and I didn't get to share that experience with them, which was huge disappointment but um yes in this case my my wife and my stepson were there and it was just so wonderful to share that with them yeah i imagine that emotions is even more powerful when you get to share it right yes so well great well steve it's really nice to to hear about this and uh talk about uh you know your how teaching's going and your passion and your you know a hobby of running i don't know maybe it's a obsession maybe it's a better (laughs) term but we uh end all of our yeah (laughs) uh well we end all of our uh uh, podcast interviews with the Share Share podcast, asking people to share advice for people that are listening. So uh, I don't know. Do you have any advice? Maybe you. It, maybe it's combined with something we've already talked about. But uh, I think you were prepared to share something. So yeah, yeah go for it. Okay. Um, two parts to this. Number one, choose a goal that scares you. If it's not big enough to make you quiver in your boots a little bit, you should aim a little bit higher. 
And once you choose that goal that is that far out there where you're going, yeah, that's a biggie, then keep your eyes on the prize. It, it can be years. It can be a whole lot of sacrifice. It can be a really long road to get there. But anything that's really worth doing is worth the sacrifice. And you can get there. And there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be times where you have to take a pause. There's going to be times where you have to have a reset. And that's all right. Life is a lot longer than it seems, especially when you're a kid. And you got a long time to get somewhere. Well, it sounds like that's perfect advice for the things we talked about, both your journey to becoming a classroom teacher and your journey of running ultra marathons. I met right advice for both and maybe people can apply that. So Steve, so great to talk to you. Thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, I hope the rest of your uh, first year goes well. And, and the first year is hard and the second year is, uh, also hard, but, but, but not quite as hard. So I hope I'll I look hope you forward experience to that. that too. So, <laughs> okay. all right. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Share Share Podcast. Follow us at Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Twitter at the Share Share, and be sure to listen on our Spotify and SoundCloud or on our website, sharechairpodcast.com. This has been the Share Share Podcast. Until next time.